Hey, sitting sideways, boys in the tray, hit the Sunday night, I might bring me some bread. All right, folks, welcome back to the podcast, One Man, One Tree in the Hill. I'm your host, two-time wrestling champion, stand-up comedian, Jared Waters. Forgive me if my voice is kind of deep, ladies and gentlemen, I've, uh, oh, what is this? I am suffering from what they call seasonal allergies. Seasonal allergies, uh, seasonal allergies mixed with a lot of other stuff. But I am COVID negative, COVID negative, took the test, don't even got no negative antibodies in my body, COVID negative, so yeah, it's, mind the voice, but it's cool, I feel like I'm from Houston, Texas, back in the day, it's a chop and screw music, so I feel like I'm ch- ch- chopped and screwed, like Big Hulk or Big Pokey. Uh, a lot of emails, a lot of emails, we won't get to all the emails, I know I feel like a repeating record apologizing for not having these One Tree Hill episodes, but uh, my life is pretty busy. But I'm probably going to get that because as most <laughs> of the people that listen to this podcast and all of our subscribers are people from the One Tree Hill podcast. And they let me know all the time that you are not a man of your word. I am a man of my word. But I have so many marvelous friends and everything else. And I love getting their stories out. But we're going to do that this week. This week I'm going to take the time. F it. I'm going to do it today since it's Labor Day. And I'm going to do it today and we'll put it out Friday. A lot of emails about our friend Miss B, and uh, I can clear some stuff up. The reason why we cannot reveal like her real name is because she's a part of the Orthodox community, and she can't tell these these stories and associate her face with them. Let me break that. She can tell these stories, but she can't associate her real name because they could like blackball her, and her her brothers and sisters might not get married because she's she's not speaking out, but she's speaking about things that a lot of us people don't know inside their community. And I'm not going to lie to you guys, when we sh- we recorded this maybe a month ago, and I was shocked, shocked at the fact that, I was shocked at how sh- we met in Israel three years ago, and I really thought when I would talk, we would always like give peace and blessings to each other, but I never knew that she was, felt like an outcast. And when we always talk, I was just like, oh wow, you know a lot of people, and I guess the impression of me, I knew a lot of people. But I didn't know that, you know, people were like effing with her a little bit. Or not effing with her, just making her feel unholy. You know, sometimes when you think a person is religious, you question their religious intentions. So, like, if she wore a bathing suit, I know Orthodox people can wear bathing suits. They were, like, making assumptions about Orthodox people. And I remember her just raising her hand saying, that's not how Orthodox people are. I'm Orthodox. And honestly, man, she's... And I just, me and my lady, my lady goes, she's beautiful. I said, yeah, she's freaking, a, she's beautiful. And uh, I'm surprised, you know, nobody shoots their shot with her inside that community. Because if she is in an urban community, boy, <laughs> come on now. She would have been wifed up already, booed up. But like I asked, you know, religion and her culture, they would like to have, uh, how do I say this? They like to, they like to, have, so she would have to marry someone within her creed of Jude, Judaism, her creed of Orthodox. She would have to marry someone that's in there, her community. But if she ever wanted to come to the to our side of the community, I know a couple of brothers right now to <laughs> give up Christianity for for a woman. Yeah, I'll be, I'll, I'll, I'll be Orthodox. But she's amazing, and the rep, part two of her story is coming out this Tuesday, and we talk about her being a teacher, and that's the reason why sometimes we can't reveal stuff because she's a teacher in New York City. So her learning different things about different cultures, how she stepped out of her culture to like mix with like 
some real hood kids. And we talked about that. So that's good. Thank you guys for emailing me about her. Uh, a lot of other emails were about uh, my friend Olga. Olga, she lives in Texas now. And uh, make sure you go on her website and buy her products. But Olga, we met in North Carolina when I went to college. And yeah, very sad story about her mother just passing away out of nowhere and learning how to adjust to the family setting. So that's Olga. That's Olga. Very. And I remember when I, f <laughs> when I first met her, we would just we had ice cream for like maybe four hours, and we talked for like if you th if you think this podcast was long, when we first we we had class together, and then we I started to comedy shows. Her and her husband came. And then we went for ice cream, and we talked for like three hours about Honduras and what's it like growing up in a different country. And uh, and then when she told us a story about her mother passing away, it was just just heartbreaking, knowing that you know that's the the patriarch of the family, matriarch of the family. So feel free to you know email her. You guys email about my my girl uh, Holly Tugman. Uh, Holly Tugman. I don't know when she's putting out her album to be honest with you, but when she does, we're gonna drop it here. We're gonna make sure we do that. Uh, any other news? Oh, well, actually, I have a lot of news that's happening this week. So, uh, big news. Tyler Perry, TP, a.k.a. King Tyler, King Perry, is officially in a billionaire. That is that is motivating, man. As you know on this podcast, we're, we're big fans of Tyler Perry, man. Uh, if you're from the South or if you're from the Midwest, you know what Tyler Perry's movie like. Cause I remember living in Japan, and that's when he first started bubbling. And these dudes would like from Louisiana would come, and they would have these DVDs, and like, yo, you gotta listen to this new, uh, this new thing called Medea. These plays, these like hood, these plays, and we would watch them all the time. And when I watch Tyler Perry, it reminds me so much of like the times with my family. We would always get together and just watch a Tyler Perry play together, and that was like our family bonding time. And then my mother, I think my mother texts me this and says, you know, Tyler Perry got a new show. She don't sound like that, but she's like, they text, like, Tyler Perry has a new House of Pain show on the Meet the Browns. And I, I just watched it. It's, it's pretty good. Pretty pretty freaking good. Uh, what else is going on in the world? Oh, so this this past, oh, another thing. This past, oh, we want to say congratulations. Oh, oh, we got a freak. It's been a while. But, uh. We did, you know, we said rest in peace. We did rest in peace to Chadwick Boseman last week. Still rest in peace to Chadwick Boseman. Seeing a lot of these articles come out and stuff like that. Also, I want to say congratulations to the Darling family. The Darling family just purchased their first house. Bang! I don't know if it's their first house. They purchased a house. I love seeing my friends win on a win and do things amazing. Shout out to them getting their their home together. I want to give a shout out to Michelle Heron, my dear friend Michelle Heron. Uh, she bought her first house. She's over here, big balling shot, called the 20-inch blade on the Chevy Impala. Shout out to the Darling family, Michelle Heron. Also, we want to say congratulations to my dog, Cam Cooper, who put on Mother F and Major. He put on the, the brown star, brown leaf, green leaf, brown leaf, black leaf. Shout out to Major Cooper. That's dope, man. He's 31, 31, 32 as a major in there from Air Force. That is amazing, man. Uh, Cam... <laughs> I don't know why he always calls me Mr. He calls me Grandmaster, Mr. Roshi. <laughs> Grandmaster Roshi from Dragon Ball Z. But uh, uh, me and Cam, I remember we both lived on the west side when we lived in our high school together. And it was funny because when I got off the bus, I would see where girls were over at his house and be like, okay, let me see. He ain't all right. Let me see if he ain't over here talking to somebody that I'm talking to. 
but uh, shout out to my dog Cam Coop. Uh, we talk every we talk every time we chop it up and stuff like that. So I just want to say congratulations to those three people. Those three people I grew up with. They got both my friends got homes, and my dog put on majors. So that's amazing. Uh, this September fourth was Beyonce's birthday, but it was my lady's birthday. So we celebrate her birthday. So uh, if you don't know, you listen to the podcast. Uh, I was about to get married, but uh, quarantine happened. So my lady got quarantined in a different country. I'm quarantined here, but we're back to normal. So we're about to celebrate her birthday, but uh, airports got shut down because some certain countries are trying to keep Americans away. And uh, so what happened was, there was a hurricane hitting the country, so I couldn't, I had all this stuff planned for her 30th birthday, but it actually worked out perfectly. So she got all of her gifts. Her birthday's Friday, so Wednesday, I got this giant cake, as big you see it on my Instagram, this giant cake and balloons. So I said, hey, that's your birthday present. You know, sorry we had to do it uh, two days earlier, but, you know, this what's happening. And then it just happened to go willing that Friday it opened up, so we sent the flowers to her house and... I made this video collage of all of her friends and family, and it was just amazing how much people love her, you know? A lot of people love her. They wished her happy birthday, and it was like maybe 30-minute video. And shout-out to the people who emailed me a lot later and tried to get in the video, but F and I already made the video, so I wish her happy birthday on your own, <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, she's 30 years old, so I'm happy. It's It's amazing how I had most of her 20s. I didn't have all of her 20s, but it's amazing. And uh, freak it, I'll read my posts. F it, you know, people be hitting me up saying, Jerry, can you write my vows and stuff like that? And I'd be like, sure. This is what I said. Uh, let me read it. Here we go. Happy birthday to this wonderful, marvelous person. Welcome to the third floor of life. You are the light to my world that I needed. I've watched you get your masters, relocate to another country, become a producer, never miss a step on your 29th lap. You could have complained about the cards you had dealt, but you ran a Boston with it. Now, Boston is playing spades. My woman don't know how to play spades, but God's going to bless us and enlarge our territory. You showed me how to love beyond imagination. You've made me better. Words can't even describe how my soul is wrapped around yours. If I had a time machine and went back to 2012, I would have did the same thing all over again because meeting and loving you was the best decision I ever made in my life. Thank you for giving me your 20s. I want your 30s, your 40s, your 50s, your 60s, your 70s, your 80s, and God can have you in your 90s. Happy birthday. May the, this decade reign. Oh, so let me, may this decade reign with even more blessings from the Most High God. Yeah, I don't want to stay married to my lady when she's 90. You know, I want to get remarried to some young young woman who's about 30. <laughs> I wouldn't mind doing that. But uh yeah. So it was good celebrating celebrating her birthday. And sometimes as a man, you know, you have to understand, like, when I met my lady, I was coming out of just just severe pimping, you know, severe playeristic ways, southern playeristic Cadillac funky music. That's that's what I was. And when I met her, I was still on that stuff. And uh eventually you gotta you have to grow up as a man and you have to learn how to love unconditionally. And you have to learn how to I read this article where it said you have to learn someone's love language and learn how to adjust to it. So that's what I had to learn how to do. And I'm still doing that, you know. I'm still 87% free of being a toxic male. You know, sometimes I have toxic advice because I was, I was toxic for a long time in my life. So I'm 
daily, daily by day, day by day, learning how to do that. Oh, what else is going on? So, uh, free my dog, Britney Spears. Uh, Britney Spears, free my dog, Britney Spears. Uh, I don't know what what chamber she's locked up in, but free my dog, Britney Spears, man. Freak, I didn't know that she didn't have control of her own life. Her dad has, like, control of all of her. She just works, and someone controls her money. She's like that. But they said she's like, she looks loopy. Like, she looks like she's in a, like a, a like a, she's like she's in purgatory a little bit. I talk, I brought this up with some of my coworkers. So I work with new, like, young young women right young women and it's always curious seeing their perspective of life because they're clearly younger than me and they see different things and the reason why i like my team is because they're all entrepreneurs they're they're more than what they are so i'm gonna back it up so my job i had to do two presentations this week you have to present this thing called a closing circle where you bring the whole team together and you have to do like an exercise everyone does together then you have to do exercise in the morning so in the morning what i did was I had to work with someone else, and I'm I'm uh, I I'm good when I'm by myself. When I'm by myself, I don't have to explain my creativity to you because I know how to do callbacks. I know how to do everything else, and I know eventually this is where the message is going. I'm a freaking stand-up comic. I know what I'm doing. But when you work with somebody else, you have to explain certain things and some th- certain things that people don't understand. Funny, you know. So our goal is you have to do an activity to get everyone together. And she goes, "Let's." Make everyone tell a joke to each other. And I was like, no. She goes, you're a, you're a comedian. I was like, yeah, but that's disrespectful to comics all over the place. I'm a professional comedian. Why would I want to see rookies butcher people's jokes for three minutes? How about they do an embarrassing story? And if it's embarrassing, they'll laugh about it. I have this thing where people don't understand stand-up comedy, don't understand the sacrifices that I've made and that a lot of other stand-up comics have made. So when they belittle the art form, it doesn't piss me off, but it's just like I have to let you know, like, don't belittle this art form. You know, like, like my friend, he's a, a, he's a psychologist, and he, like, kept tagging me in these posts saying, like, Jared and this person are hilarious. I was like, don't tag me with this person. You're not a stand-up comic. They don't write jokes and don't everything else. And she's literally pretending to be a fish on the ground. I'm not a clown. He goes, no, no, y'all both crazy. I said, I'm not crazy. These are what? How's that crazy? Because I wrote something that's funny. I said, she's laying on the ground pretending to be a fish out of water. We are not the same, sir. And he's like, oh, my bad. I said, yeah, just let you know that, that, like, come on, man. I, do you know what I left to come up here and live in New York and fight the fight? But uh, you know, sometimes I just, you know, sometimes I have those moments where I just have to be like, hey, come on now, respect comedy. So I'm doing this thing. And what I do is I Photoshop all these pictures of me and her and 50 First Dates and the breakup, right? The whole theme of 50 First Dates was on 50 First Dates, Adam Sandler, the movie, he's trying to talk to Drew Barrymore, but she has this condition where she forgets everything at the end of the day, and he has to f- go on 50 First Dates to get her attention. And I said, just like the education system is 50 First Dates because you have another chance. If tomorrow, if the day goes bad, you have another chance to make an impression on an adult, on a child's life, whatever. So it's 50 First Dates. And if you don't continue to try, if you don't continue to make this connection, it'll be a horrible breakup. So I did the posters. It went well. We did a game, a Kahoot game, where we had, like, random facts. Boom. So then I had to do one by myself. So what I did was I made this Jeopardy game, and I put a phrase up there. The phrase was, take off your cool. So what I do is when I'm doing anything, especially my jokes, I'll give you the first joke, 
And at the end, I try to bury the joke down and then call it back to the joke in the beginning so you have that aha moment to be like, oh, wow, that's why he said this random thing. So I played a song, Outkast, Take Off Your Cool from the Love Below album, uh, Speaker Box Love Below, first hip-hop album to win album of the year. Some people say the miseducation of Lauryn Hill is, but that wasn't a hip-hop album. That was more R&B. Well, maybe. So I played the song. I was like, everyone listen to the lyrics of the song. And they're listening to the lyrics. And then I show all these pictures. And I was like, I show them the Jeopardy game. Uh, not Jeopardy, Wheel of Fortune. And they have to solve the phrase. And I was like, this is a southern phrase that people might say. It's a song from Outkast. Nobody gets it except one person, my dear friend Coco, who's on the podcast. And then I start putting pictures of like different superheroes, but they're like not in their uniform. They're just doing regular stuff. And I said, throughout life, you know, you have to learn how to take off your cool, meaning that you can't bring your work home. You know, my father was a commander of a comm squadron, and he had all these troops over there. And I remember he told me, he's like, I take my ranks off when I get home. You know, never in my life did I know, like, what an airman was doing or anything else because he was just like, when I come home, I'm just dead. And I think a lot of people in the world, you take your job with you home. You take your job to another job, or you take your job back to you, and you can't stay focused because you're stressed out about certain else. Somebody's like, like, yo, just take off that cool, man. Or when you meet up with somebody for drinks, don't talk about work all the time. Talk about something else. What are you inspired with? So my coworkers, I realized for the first time I never chill with them. And I realized I chill with these other coworkers, but these people on my team that were new, I was like, I thought I'd chill with you guys before. I was like, we only chill together at the office party. So we sit there, and we're talking, and I was like, so what are your dreams? And I'm, you know, I'm the team lead, so they're just like, my goal is to create. One of them's a fashion designer. The other one, uh, she was drinking. She's like, her goal is to open up a restaurant. And I was like, all right, so when do you want to open the restaurant up? And she goes, I don't. And I was like, I give me your phone. And I put in 2023. I was like, find the location for your restaurant. You got two years to do it. And this other young, young, young lady, she is a, she's like a, She's a, a cosmetologist where she does eyelashes, and she's like legit eyebrows, everything else. And I was like, man, I got a great team. Because sometimes when your focus isn't in one place, you're not going to care as much about little petty things because you're over it. Like I didn't come, like you came to this city to do something else. So everyone in New York does like two different things. So it's just like God willing, things are going great. Uh, it's just a lot, of, it's a lot of work in the beginning, a lot of work, a lot of things that are unknown, and I like to – know things, but I, I like being blinded a little bit, not with my eyes, but just like I like figuring things out as they come. So that was how I started my day. Then Monday, uh, comedy show. Uh, comedy show got canceled, which was sad, but I did this corporate Zoom show. It was good, good money, whatever, do that show. Then Tuesday night, I go to the show called The Tiny Cupboard. Tiny Cupboard, what's happening in New York, all the comedy clubs are closed. Well, some of them are open, but they have mob ties. And some comedy clubs have, let me break it down. So what happened was when New York City went to phase three, a lot of comedians started realizing that we need to start putting on shows and let's do it at parks. So we've been doing all these shows at parks, outdoor shows, amphitheaters, everything else. So a lot of comedy clubs have seen, wow, we got to start doing that too. So they're starting to do outdoor shows. So it's like turf wars, turf wars, different turf territories. So some some people are, some people are like on different people's turf, so it's trying to be the gentleman's agreement. I just started my show. It's called Training Day Comedy. It happens every Wednesday at 6.45 at Astoria Park. 
It's on top of the park near the pools and the flags. So we just got LED lights in case it gets dark so people can see. I'm doing the show with Matthew Arvello. He's a stand-up comic. He's only 20 years old. It's crazy how I could have been his dad. That's, like, ridiculous because me and his dad are the same age. <laughs> so it's crazy that I, like I could have been his dad. But we did this our second week, so we had a really good show. PDD Abreu came and freaking smashed the show. But I was telling Matthew, I was like, this is the perfect time in comedy, man, for you to get out there and become a player in this game. You know, don't look at yourself because you've been doing stand-up three years and you're young. Like, this is the perfect time. You got your own show. You need to start going to shows. You need to start doing this. Then I have to realize, like, oh, he's still a young man. You know, like, he was super nervous during the first show. He couldn't get words out. I was like, F it. He goes, because <laughs> I'm hosting the show with him. I was like, look, this is your show. Take advantage of it, man. Do this. So our second show is very better. He's like, he's hustling. We got chairs set up. We got everything else. So that show is great. So this following Wednesday, we got another show, 645. And then Thursday, so I did that show. Freak, let me look at my calendar. Excuse me. I got a lot of calendars. I don't want to rush, you know. Okay, boom. September, I have a calendar of all my comedy shows that I do. September 4th, 3rd, Zoom show. Yeah, I did a Zoom show. Boom, boom, boom. Okay, so what happened is I go to the tiny cupboard, and uh, it's like a rooftop show where you see the beautiful backdrop of New York City. And uh, I talked to this guy. Clearly, I'm not on the show. But I was like, what's up, man? I'm Jared Waters. He goes, oh, Jared, what's up, man? Are you on the show tonight? I said, uh, yeah, 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 I'm up here. Yeah, I, I'm supposed to be. He goes, I don't see your name, but look, let me throw you up real fast. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> throw me up. And it's getting to the point now where a lot of comics are realizing, like, Jared, your name's on a lot of flyers. Your name's all over the place. I was like, yeah, let's, I'm in the swamp, baby. These alligators is here. So... Throws me up, I do really well. And uh, what happens is every show gets canceled for Thursday because it's raining really hard. But I know my dude Khalil does a show called Horseplay Comedy, and I know he'll push through the rain. So what I do is I look at the flyer, and I see there's some black comics. I know black people don't like water a lot. It's a stereotype, but I knew these certain black people are not going to be in the rain because of the <laughs> this comic named Shalay was sharp. Uh, she just—I talked about her last week on the Chadwick Boseman story. She's almost forty-something years old. I know she ain't gonna be in the rain telling jokes. And another dude, uh, Kevin Iso, they didn't show up. So when I came, I pushed through the rain. It's raining hard. My dude Gavin's on stage, and I said, "Khalil, yo, this freaking show's amazing, man. You guys are in the freaking rain with it." He goes, "Yeah." I said, "This is a Prince moment." Next, you know, he goes, "All right, we thought the show was over. This next comic coming to the stage just walked up. Give it up for Jared Waters." Now I'm not prepared at all, but I'm prepared because I was like, I usually when I get on stage, I take out my, I got two phones. I take out the audio and I use the video, but I didn't have enough time to set up nothing. But I did like 28 minutes just sitting in the rain. I'm sitting there singing Prince songs and stuff like that. I had the whole crowd saying "Rufio, Rufio, Rufio," but it was good because. These people who were, sometimes you're doing shows and there's other comics that are there realizing like, oh, I've never seen Jared go long like this. And I was like, yeah, I'm a, yeah, I, I'm glad everyone's getting to see it. So in the swamp, you're getting to see your comedies getting open to people who don't usually see your comedy. So they're booking me on other shows like, hey, come do my show. I just saw you do this one. Can you do this? Can you do this? I was like, yeah, cool. So what happened was after the show, this person from, uh, well, I got NDA, so I can't say too much. This person from a network was in the rain. The person hits me up and goes, hey, I just saw your set. That's amazing. Can you send me 
some tapes and everything else. I'm from this network, and I want to see if I can. I was like, all right, cool. And I've heard that jazz before. So we chop it up. I sent a tape. We're waiting to hear back from her to see what's happening. I got some projects that I sent, and you got to make sure you watermark everything and so no one steals it. So that was good. And then I run into my friend Natalie, and Natalie O'Core, she's Lebanese. I talked about her before on the podcast. And she was had a month at Dave Chappelle's house. So I'm just sitting there, like, listening to all these stories. She spent a whole month at Dave Chappelle's uh, camp that Dave Chappelle's doing. And she's telling me stories about Chris Rock. And she's telling me this, being with Tobe Nigua, that African dude that says, try Jesus. Don't try Jesus, but don't try me because I throw hands. And she's telling me about what's it like, about the opportunities to get up. And it was crazy because when she got there, that's when her country exploded. Her city exploded, so she wasn't in the headspace to do it. But she talked about being around Dave Chappelle. She talked about all of his, like all these stars and stuff like that, and about what's it like and the the jokes and everything else. And I was like, dang, that's amazing. So we, uh, okay, so that's that's Thursday. Then Friday night, Friday I do this. There's another corporate show I do. So I, I I just gotta just stop saying no to Zoom shows because it's getting wasting my time. So I do this Zoom show. And I'm supposed to go up first because I have another gig, and I go up second, but I had live in Harlem, so I had to go all the way up to Brooklyn. And I happened to miss the show. Like, when I got there, like, sorry, Jared, the show's over. I'm like, God dang, freak, man. So a little, not upset, but just, you know, you know, I really wanted to get to the show. So <laughs> I take the opportunity to approach this com- comedian that was on the show with me. And I was like, hey, they said you had to do a show. What show are you on? And she goes, no, I wasn't on a show. I lied. And I said, yeah, because of your lie, you made me miss a show that I was supposed to be on. She's like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. Ah, but I don't care, really. <laughs> I was like, I get that. That's, that's very tough. So missed the show. And then Saturday, Saturday, yes, that's Friday. And then Saturday, which was Saturday. So I go to my friend's show. It's Her name is uh, Janae and Glory. They have a show called Rich taste and ex- rich tastes and overdrafts. So I go to the show in Harlem. It's about the pier, beautiful water. But turns out they can't play the music. They can't use a microphone because the cops say no because it's a public park. You know, some parks there's kids there. They said no. So she goes, Jared, do you mind going up and doing ten minutes? I said yes, I would love to. I don't need a microphone. I can project my voice. So this week I've just been projecting my voice because a lot of shows don't have like microphones. So I do that show, then I bounce around. I hit another show in Brooklyn, which is good. And then Sunday, which was yesterday, Sunday, uh, I go to this show, meet Natalie O'Core again, and I'm just like, man, she's telling me these Dave Chappelle stories. We go back, then I go to this other show, which is my friend Eva Evans' show. Eva, we never seen each other do stand-up. I've seen her do stand-up, but she's never seen me in my rare art form. So my friend Stefan, he texts her and goes, hey, is there any time on the show? And she goes, yes. He goes, do you know Jared Waters? He said he doesn't know you like that, but you guys are cordial. She goes, yeah, we know each other. She goes, is he funny? She goes, yeah, I'm throwing him up next. And boy, come on now. Well, put that, put that, put that kerosene in that lighter fluid, and it was a really good set. And then she goes, I got to get you on this show. And then I run into this girl named Poe Johnson. And the reason why I know who she is, because I remember 2011, Lala had a reality show, and I remember just being in college just at 3 o'clock in the morning and coming back from, like, a party and watching this show. I'm like, oh, look at Carmelo Anthony's wife with her friends. Then I'm looking at her. She looks back at me, and I wave at her, and she waves. I said, hey, 
aren't you uh an artist, a singer? She goes, yes. I said, yeah, you're from uh, Lala Anthony's show. Poe, right? She goes, yeah, that's me. I said, uh, so what's up? How are you? We're just chopping. This is a comedy show we do. She goes, oh, I would love to come. I was like, boom. Well, let's flick it up. All right, bam. And uh, that was my week. And then today's Labor Day. Day off of work, which is cool. Tomorrow, start back up. But yeah, that was that was my week. So it's a good bit of week of comedy. It's good because... It's good because now, man, something's happened in New York City where a lot of people are leaving New York City, so the housing is about to go down. So when the housing goes down, shoot, I might buy me a couple of brownstones. You dig what I'm saying? Uh, so that was good. A shout-out to everyone who I hit up that made that video for my lady. I really appreciate that. It really made her day. Uh, oh, this is another email. How do you feel about it? Okay, we'll go to there. Vince McMahon, they're talking about Vince McMahon. Vince McMahon is the owner of the WWE, and he's given his athletes 30 days to get off all third-party networks they can't be on twitch they can't be on uh these other gaming platform streaming sites because he owns their image which is crazy and i think that that sucks for the for the artists think about a lot of people make millions of dollars on twitch or they do different other streams of money and stuff like that because now it's a better way to connect with fans so I think, and this is going to sound effed up, I know Vince McMahon's done a lot for the WWE and wrestling, but I think it's time for him to step down. He lost the XFL, The Rock has that. I think it's time for Vince McMahon to give the company to his son-in-law, Triple H, and his daughter because they have new inventive ways for the company because they really developed the female division. Now, if you talk to a young little girl, she wants to be a wrestler. And that's all with Stephanie McMahon and Shane, uh, Stephanie and Triple H, they developed the, what's that league called? NXT, they developed that wrestling company. And I think they're doing a really good job fostering in new talent. And Vince McMahon is still stuck in his old ways of just, I need a guy six foot seven, a big muscular guy. I need this. I, the creative team is just like, they got to let Vince go. They got to put dad in that nursing home and say, Vince, it was cool. But the company's in good hands. You did a really good job. I think it's time for you to take an overseer role or become an actor again or like wrestling inside there because your kids are doing a better job with the company. I do feel like that. And ladies and gentlemen, those were all the emails, and I appreciate that. Uh, this week, if you're in New York City, I have a comedy show every Wednesday night in Astoria Park. It's next to the slides and the flags. It starts at 645. It's called Training Day Comedy Show. We bring you six wonderful comedians. I, me and my friend are hosting the show. Uh, to our, our associate producer, Garrett McCall, he's going to take us out with music. Hold up. Before Garrett takes out music, this freaking platypus told me that he will not be on my podcast because he doesn't want to explore himself. The freaking F. So uh, I'm going to drop his email below. Make sure you freaking email him. Also, this podcast is sponsored by Frontline Roofing and Restoration. Frontline Roofing and Restoration is a roofing company that restores homes and restores roofs. If you want to contact them, their number is 513-375-7050. If you'd like to email them, you can email them at frontline.roof at gmail.com and you can go to their website www.frontlineroofingohio.com those are our sponsors ladies and gentlemen uh, my name is Jared Waters this Tuesday this Tuesday which is tomorrow we'll be dropping part two of our friend Miss B's story about growing up orthodox and then the following week we'll do our Woody's Roundup we're going to drop our One Tree Hill episode and the following week we're going to our Yakota stories my friend Jenny was on the podcast and we're going to be talking about 
her life, which is a wonderful life. She's hails from Texas. So we go into our Yakota chapters of the podcast. And then I got some Afnorf people. Those are the people I grew up with in the Netherlands and I have a lot of marvelous friends that I've talked to. We got I got nothing but heat, baby. I got nothing but 17 hours I'm sitting on, but we got to make sure we edit and do it right. Uh, my name is Jared Waters. This is the podcast One Man, One Tree in a Hill. G-double-O, take us out. All right, folks. Hey, you're live on the podcast One Man, One Tree in a Hill. Say what up to the people. Now, this is when I see black excellence. It's Kenan Thompson. And I see this giant butt. I'm like, oh, who is that? Turns out it's Questlove. It's Dave Chappelle, Chris Rock, Eddie Murphy. And they're all sitting at the table. And I walk up to Eddie Murphy. And I was like, hey, Mr. Murphy, I just want to say you're the GOAT, man. And you're the coldest that ever walked the face of the earth. You got to break that thing over. She wants it private, but they're not even together right now. So we haven't spoken about anything but the cat for at two least months. two months. Said, uh uh, and I'm be the next Jamar neighbors. And she was up like, I know that's right. <laughs> uh, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening to the podcast. My name is Jerry Waters, and I'll catch you next time. Like, subscribe, rate the podcast. Have a wonderful night, wonderful day, whatever you're listening to. I'll see you soon.